0: This episode of Jewish Songwriter is brought to you by Temple Israel of the City of New York, a welcoming family of families devoted to community and repairing the world, located on Manhattan's Upper East Side. With an early childhood center, religious school education through high school, weekly musical services, and an inspiring array of social, educational, young professional, and Israel-centered programming and trips, you're sure to find your home in this warm and inclusive community. To learn more, check out www.tinyc.org. That's tinyc.org. Welcome to Jewish Songwriter, shining a light on the people and stories behind contemporary Jewish music, one song at a time. I'm your host, Sheldon Lowe, and now, on to the show. So again, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be starting Season 2 next week, so I thought we'd kick things off with a special bonus episode. But first, I need to send an enormous thank you to all of the Jewish songwriters who have so generously participated in this podcast, sharing time and wisdom and for speaking so openly about their stories and process. It's really been an honor and a total blast for me. Second, if you're enjoying listening to these free podcasts, would you make a few simple and free clicks to help support Jewish songwriter and each of my guests? You can do one, two, or all three of these right now in about one minute while I speak, and you'll be helping us more than you can know. First, please click the little subscribe button next to Jewish Songwriter on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. This will just mean that each time we release another episode, it'll be right here for you. You don't have to go searching. Done? Okay. Second, would you mind scrolling down and giving us a review? This helps us climb the ratings, so others will find out about us, but more importantly, it lets us know if and what you're enjoying about the show. Okay, just finish putting that last exclamation mark on the review. Great. My third ask, with the remaining 40 seconds, I'll just remind you that to truly get the most out of Jewish Songwriter, you should subscribe for free to the Jewish Songwriter playlist on Spotify or YouTube. All of the featured songs from the podcasts are put into this playlist, so it's a great way to find all of this awesome music in one place and support the artists at the same time. You can just follow the link in the show notes or search for Jewish Songwriter on Spotify or YouTube and simply click follow or subscribe. That's it. Okay, enough business. This episode is going to be a little different from the previous episodes, and it's already one of my favorites. Normally, I spend anywhere from 30 minutes to two hours talking to the songwriters on the show, and then I spend some time editing them down into an episode that I think will be both entertaining and useful to all of you, whether you're a rabbi, cantor, song leader, musician, or simply a fan of Jewish music. To do that, unfortunately, I oftentimes have to leave out some of my favorite stories and material from each of the songwriters. If you're familiar at all with North American Jewish music, it should come as no surprise that as with almost any conversation about or with Jewish songwriters, one name repeatedly comes up in conversation, without whom probably none of us Jewish songwriters would be here today. And that name, of course, belongs to the one and only Debbie Friedman. Debbie is considered by many to be the mother of contemporary Jewish music, If her name isn't familiar to you, but you've entered a temple, synagogue, or shul in the last half century, there's a high likelihood you've heard her music. Though Debbie passed away in 2011, it just doesn't make any sense to not have an episode of Jewish songwriter dedicated to her. Professionally speaking, I'm not sure there's anyone in history who's had a bigger impact on Jewish music. Many of my guests spoke about how Debbie's music impacted or changed the course of their lives. But what I love about the stories I'll be sharing with you today and what they reveal is that Debbie's vision and impact stretch far beyond her music. They're not the only stories I was told, and I'm sure they won't be the last, but you'll hear them unedited exactly as they were told to me. I hope you'll enjoy listening to them as much as I did. The first story comes from my conversation with Alana Arian.
1: Because, you know, I, I grew up in in, the, in my family and and um and sort of was... Breathing the air, like we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we had the I had the great privilege of having um, our teacher uh, Debbie Freeman of blessed memory be a, a real presence in my life. She was a mm-hmm. close friend of my mom's, a close friend of my parents, and someone who was just around mm-hmm. in my life a lot. Yeah. Um, and so, in those earliest years in New York, you know, two thousand four or five, when I was like really playing like, you know, the basement underneath CBGBs or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> yes. you know what I mean? Like really like yeah. nasty, um, you know, you, you, it's like a, f- a $15 cover. It's yep. like a 30 minute set, two drink minimum. Yep. It was crazy. Debbie used to come to those shows. She used to come whoa and sit in the like sticky floor, you know, thing. That's
0: amazing. She used
1: to come and and, and sit there and watch me do my thing. And it was amazing when I think about it now, it's so crazy. You know, I sort of thought oh, that's nice, you know. I mean, I of course, of course I knew who Debbie was in the larger context, and she was like a a superhero to me in a lot of ways, but also she was a friend, so I just, it's like, oh, you know, and
0: Oh, that's amazing. And and just for listeners to yeah. understand, the CBGB was like the heart and soul of punk, punk music. Punk music exactly. So, it's like the you Ramones. really have to imagine what types were, you know, in that space. Exactly. Plus Debbie Friedman. Plus Debbie, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly
1: the right setup. It was just yeah, very incongruent kind of uh, you know, uh groups of people, but um she Well, she, Debbie was punk in her own she way. She was punk. She was <laughs> super punk. That's so true. So she used to come to those shows and um and, you know, just be the way that she was, like, so, so supportive and such a ray yeah. of light. And I felt that from her. And after the shows, you know, m- many times she would come up to me and say lovely things and, mm-hmm. you know, about this or that or this song or that song or whatever. Yeah. Um,
0: I love that story. Keep and, and, and then
1: she would say, you know, and, and, oh, it, and it was so wonderful. Listen, uh, when are you going to write something that, like. we can use, you know, (laughs) and and she, so she really was, um, she really was somebody in my life. I still think about her all the time when I'm doing the work that I'm doing now. She was a real angel to me and sort of like, she knew something that I didn't know way before I discovered it. You know, that was like, my second or third year out, out, you know, touring and yeah. writing my first songs for my first recorded stuff, you know, not great stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, not only did she put herself in those environments just to be supportive as a friend would, but yeah. she really pointedly asked me, um, and encouraged me to think about a contribution that I can make to Jewish music. And I really resisted that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the truth is, you know, the first piece of music that I wrote, this, the as soon as I wrote it, I thought, oh God, I wish I could, you know, share this with Debbie. Mm. So I just, I, I think about her as being a real propelling force in this change mm. in my life because she, so many people who, so many people have stories like this um, mm-hmm. uh, from Debbie, yep. right? Where she knew something about them that, that they didn't know yet. Yep. And that's, that's my story of Debbie. Like mm. she just. She just, you know, she sat through the shows and she enjoyed them or whatever mm-hmm. enough. And she would be very positive. And then she would always take a moment at the end. And we just had a joke about it. When are you going to write something we can use? And I would be like, not probably never. Yeah. Thanks, Debbie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, she's a real part of that story for me.
0: Hey, it's Sheldon here, just interrupting to tell you that today's podcast is brought to you by Banzoogle, who makes it easy to build a stunning website for your music in minutes. I've tried all of the major template-based sites, and the reason I use Banzoogle is because the whole platform is really built for musicians, with features like a free custom domain name, a commission-free store, unlimited download codes, and an email list platform for managing your list, sending targeted emails, and analytics built right into your subscription. You can click the link in the episode notes or go to Banzoogle.com and use promo code JewishSongwriter, all one word, to try it free for 30 days and get 15% off the first year of your subscription. That's promo code Jewish Songwriter. Banzoogle, websites built for musicians by musicians. These next stories come from Perry Smilo.
2: I actually attended, paid and attended, in my late 30s, one of the URJ Kalot. There used to be regional kalot all over the country in the summertime where um, folks could come together for Jewish learning. Mm-hmm. So I attended a kolot that was taking place at Brandeis University in Boston, and Debbie Freeman was the artist-in-residence. We had met one another very tangentially because in those days she wasn't so famous. She was pretty famous, but she sure. still it was still possible to sit and say hi to her. Right. And she knew that I was a songwriter. Mm-hmm. And what happened was I was sitting in the audience, and Debbie was doing a song session, and there were about 200 people in the room. And in the middle of the song session, she looked out in the audience and started scanning the audience, and everybody started looking around, including me, wondering what she was looking for. And she looked down in the audience, and she locked eyes with me, and she said, and pointed and said, hey, everybody, I want you to meet Perry Smilo. She's a new singer-songwriter. I think you should hear her music. Perry, come on up. I had Zero idea that this was about to happen. <laughs> I was not prepared to sing. By that point, maybe I had three songs I had written.
0: Can I ask again what year this is?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I'm bad about years. Ish, ish. Ish. Eh? 89?
0: Okay. About the same time. Like, write, it's write in that The Vishamru
2: yep. moment yep. morphs into that. Now I've written two songs. Yep. Mm-hmm. I've been flown out to Ohio. I'm still working as a nonprofit administrator. I find myself on Friday nights screaming down the Mass Pike, trying to get from my work, which ended at 7 to Shul by 8, getting my pantyhose on and saying to myself, something's got to give.
0: Yeah,
2: And Debbie Friedman points her finger and says, hey, come on up. And in the room are 200 representatives of congregations around the country, and they see Perry Smilo, who then sings a song of her own. Wow. And there are not, as there are now, 100 fabulous new young singer-songwriters who can find their way to congregations because they have a telephone and an Instagram and a Facebook page. They they get my phone number, and I have a career that starts that Monday. Wow, and that's how my career started. Because first what I started at those two hundred congregations and went on for another twenty years.
0: Wow, it's the third time you're giving me goosebumps here. You can see them on my arm. <laughs> yeah, well, you know,
2: sometimes it's good to be reminded of the journey because uh, I forgot that, that moment happened. You know, but oh, that's that's, that's really what happened, and I was indebted to Debbie forever, and she knew it. And just to not to draw that circle too finely. Yeah. when you met me at mm-hmm. Havana hmm I was there because Debbie Friedman went to the powers that be and said, Perry Smilo needs to be on faculty. Now, why did she say Perry Smilo needs to be on faculty? Because she knew that four months earlier I had had lung surgery and it wasn't, it was not public. Mm. Um, excuse me, not lung surgery. Forgive me. I had a different kind of surgery, but I had had very major surgery and I was recovering. Uh, no, actually, you can edit this out. Okay, I had lung surgery and she knew it. And she knew that I was questioning whether I would ever be able to work in Jewish music again. And I didn't trust that my voice would be strong enough. And she called me on the phone, and she goes, Perry. Anybody remembers Debbie? <laughs> yes, she said, no, 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 she actually didn't say Perry. She said, P. <laughs> P, it's D. <laughs> P, listen, you're coming to Havana this year. I said, no, Debbie, I just, you know, I'm recovering. I okay? guess yeah. so you're going to get on a plane. You just tell me how much you can do. You come and do as much as you can. And what you may not know, Sheldon, is yeah. I, could, I actually... Um, couldn't do any talking while I was there. I only sang in the moments when I was needed because I didn't have enough breath. Oh, my God. And I was there because Debbie wanted me to see that I could get back on the horse. And that was uh, 2006. Wow. And I've been on the horse since. Recorded two more albums since then. Mm Mm-hmm. Thanks to Debbie.
0: I'm speechless. I mean, I'm not surprised because Debbie was Debbie. And
2: And by the way, I've not spoken about this publicly, and I'm honored that I have an opportunity to do it on this podcast. Thank you for providing us songwriters with opportunities to be reflective and public. I think it's important for people to hear that none of these trajectories are linear. They Mm -hmm. aren't. Um, That's what life is, right? So if you want to be on this road to be engaged spiritually, to be engaged as a creative person, some of what comes with that is an honest look at oneself internally. Mm -hmm. And if we're lucky enough to be given an opportunity to share some of it when it's appropriate, then Mm -hmm. it's a real gift.
0: I hope you've enjoyed this bonus episode of Jewish Songwriter. I'm assuming we'll end up needing to do a second, third, or fourth episode of Debbie Friedman stories from future guests. But if you have any similar stories about Debbie, her music, or really anything else Jewish songwriter related, please drop us a line at jewishsongwriter.com, and we'll try to share them on a future episode of Jewish Songwriter. Until next time, keep writing out there, and thanks for listening. That's it for this episode of Jewish Songwriter. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. On the next episode of Jewish Songwriter...
1: Hi, this is Ellen Allard.
0: Jewish Songwriter is produced by Sheldon Lowe, edited by Ben Mazak of Industrial Strength Productions in St. Louis, Missouri, and distributed by Hallelujah Music. Until next time, keep writing out there, and thanks for listening.
1: Singing hallelujah,
2: hallelujah, 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 hallelujah